0: You're wandering calmly through a sun-kissed, grassy blade. Not a care in the world when...
1: Am I? Oh, I thought I was running for my life in a crazy hailstorm nearing a mountain precipice being pursued by a bear.
0: A, A bear? A bear what? No, 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 no nudity allowed in my games. Especially not from stage left. (laughs) <laughs> that reminds me of courting people off night buses in the 90s Fun times No, Maddie, you're Okay, I'm, I'm at the edge of a,
1: a deep ravine An actual ravine Whose idea was it to go IRL for this game, Sarah? I mean, yeah, mm. location audio recording is brilliant uh, And rich in sounds and s- smells But I'm, I'm not safe These games should be safe The bear is... <laughs>
0: Blimey mean, Maddy, uh, yes, uh, do you know what, that bear is actually not meant to be in this game and uh, oh, he's not miked anyway, I mean, I do love that bear roar though. Uh, I, I don't... Uh... Can you get closer so I can get another clean growl, Please. shouted in peril over the first. So. No,
1: no, 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 I cannot get closer to that huge, scary, big bear.
0: Uh, okay. Uh, well, according to my planning and timeline, Maddy, you're meant to be at the entrance to a big dark cave.
1: I was, and that's where the bear was, and now we're here, uh, crying, possibly breathing my last breath at the edge of a steep drop into a cavernous ravine. Uh,
0: you know what, Maddy, uh, I-, I think you might just have to, uh, just, you know, jump. Jump? Oh.
1: oh, wait, shall I throw a die? No, 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 no thank you. I, I, I don't want you to throw one, or actually die. And please tell me how you throwing a die from the comfort of your homemade booth in a chocolate box village in England would help me here and now, Sarah. Huh? Just someone get me out of here, please.
0: Mm, oh, dear, there's a two. Mm. Yeah, do you know what? I think, I think you should just... Um... Oh, I
1: miss working in a studio in London and just doing all this behind a mic, but I'll take jumping off a ravine over being mauled by a bear any time. Here goes nothing! Geronimo!
0: Well, wow. oh... Muddy? Wait, you actually jumped? Oh... Oh dear... Uh, uh, okay, Kareem, you can come out of the bear seat now. Great right, well, very convincing. Uh, yeah, let's track Muddy through the rapids, shall we? And David, it all. Hi. David, ah, you ready as a rabid dolphin she meets at the sunken boathouse. Glorious! Ha <laughs> This next guest, people, is so full of talent and tenacity and an ever-growing list of groovy audio-based credits. You know what? I won't be surprised if she, her, isn't the queen of everything in the next year or so. Yes. <laughs> From MA to Snazzy Tapia to Freelancer Rusty Quill and beyond, it's the brilliant, amazing Muddy Searle. Hello, Muddy. Hello. What an introduction. Thank <laughs> you so much. Well, it's all your own work, right?
2: <laughs> I mean... Yes, somehow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> No, it's so, so exciting to see your, the raging successes that uh, keep coming from your realms, as it were. That, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just really excited to, yeah, just chart that success and uh, see what other folks can do, you know, if they feel so inspired to to follow in your seemingly now gently giant and growing footsteps (laughs) so yeah so you started uh this crazy journey uh probably well before your ma that you did at goldsmiths so yeah do you want to tell us about your your rise to to meteoric producer of some groovy things from from early roots what Um, yeah for sure do and how um, well, I think
2: I could probably trace it back to like doing drama club in primary school. Yeah, drama
0: club. Oh, <laughs> hooray for people who run those all over the world.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I did. I did one at school. I did one in my local area run by the same people. And yeah, yeah it was just kind of lots of those classic drama games, throwing beanbags around and Zip Zap <laughs> boying and all those kind of things yeah. and doing little scenes. Um. And I did loads of uh, school plays and stuff as well. Uh, I, I was uh, s- the youngest version of Sandy in The Prime Miss Jean Brodie because our drama teachers had very oh. kind of highfalutin tastes.
0: Wow. Gosh, that's the uh, part I'd love to play. And you've yeah. played it already. See, you're yeah. well ahead of the game.
2: And I was, um, yeah, because I was playing Sandy in the kind of like act one of the, of the play version uh, and I had to say sexual intercourse on stage and oh. I was absolutely mortified because I was like 12 and very prudish. So...
0: I still find that hard to say now Got to say Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. So that's the, the the spark and uh and it led you to to Goldsmiths. If uh, if other people are thinking of taking a course would you recommend one like that?
2: Um it was really great. Uh I think um though there is a lot that I had to learn on the job after I left because it was much more journalism focused mm-hmm. and non-fiction focused than there was drama stuff in there. Yeah. But in terms of like the nitty-gritty of editing um I really had to like learn a lot as I went after I left yeah Uh, but in terms of just kind of getting the opportunity to just meet other like-minded people who like noisy noise and uh practice doing uh recording in studios and directing Mm. for the first time it was really great and I got to meet Ella Watts who introduced me to the amazing world of audio drama and yeah the rest is history
0: (laughs) Brilliant. Ella's a catalyst for so much, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so, so very exciting. And and you went on to do some very cool things. I know you won uh, the chance to produce a short excerpt of um, Treasure Island, didn't you, with Audible. And how did that come about? And has that kind of thing been useful? Should we be seeing more of that kind of thing on the landscape, do you think, for potential producers?
2: Ooh, I don't know. Um, it was definitely a great opportunity, and um, yeah, because I was one of the finalists, and I didn't end up winning, sadly. But the, the shut just the experience, up, shut up. Of, he was <laughs> just the experience itself was really great, because like working with you and Kareem and a bunch of amazing uh, UK-based voice actors in in a studio was was very cool. Yeah. It was great fun. Yeah. Getting Felix to do... uh, Felix just came up with this incredible like crusty Cockney accent for Long John Silver, which was amazing.
0: (laughs) hilarious. Uh, What what can that man not do that's just A-style brilliant? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, and and now your whole world is sort of freelance and with a foot in rusty quill, right? So how did that adventure come about?
2: Yeah, in um I think it was about August 2019, um I joined Rusty Quill as an editor. Mm. I was just like an assistant editor. I did some work on Outliers doing vocal cuts for that. Right?
0: Uh, Could you tell other folks what that is actually? Yes, i not sure, yeah.
2: For sure, that was a collaboration between Rusty Quill and Historic Royal Palaces, Superb, and it yeah. was a little um historical drama monologues. Um, that were very very cool. Um, mm. I know that David K. Barnes did one I know that Beth Crane yes. did one yeah, um, and yeah, it was it was very enjoyable to work on those and also the little interviews that uh, came on afterwards yeah um, and following on from that uh, I started to kind of work my way up the ladder when. Uh, David Devereaux, who was the editor oh. for Stellar Firma, stepped down to do more kind of freelance stuff mm. and recommended me as a replacement. Oh. Uh, and so I got to go on and do sound design for Stellar Firma for um, like half of series two and all of season three. And wow. yeah, just do loads of weird, squishy noises, <laughs> horrible, <laughs> gross, disgusting noises. It was very That's fun. That's
0: all about, isn't it? <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Um, yeah and then after that i got to direct uh inexplicables which Mm. is the patreon exclusive scripted drama
0: yes are they gonna release that ever
2: i don't know i hope so Mm. i hope i hope at some point it will kind of get a wider release but um Mm. if if you if you're curious please do jump on down to the rusty quill patreon and take a listen because it is it is great it's got um beth air um starring (laughs) in it as meredith and um i got to have a lot of fun making werewolfy vampirey noises for that which was incredible
0: uh, yes join them billions of, of patreons I think it's quite a community from what I gather uh, so yeah. yeah do jump in and support I think and the same is like for any show that you love jump in and support those creatives with that patreon even a dollar a month makes a so Hearts sing, right?
2: <laughs> For sure, yeah. I, I would not, I would not be able to uh, rent my own place without the Rusty Quill patrons. So I'm if very grateful.
0: Yeah, so jump in and help gazillions more inspiring creatives uh, live and, and eat <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and i've got to say we missed out a kind of kind of quite a hub of an important step there with snazzy tapir which is your own company and that's where i heard the beautiful prick willow papers and saw you live doing it at one of the podcast shows too and uh, where did that nub of an idea and germination come from Um, That was
2: that was kind of post Goldsmith's graduation, feeling a bit lost, not really sure what to do with my life. uh, And like, obviously wanting to do podcasting and kind of channeling all that into a podcast. And um, I, I initially conceived it as a single voice, but me doing the two main characters um and then as i got to meet more and more podcasters in the community i invited people on as guest voice actors and that yes. was a really lovely experience yeah um so yeah and uh and uh, as you say i got to perform um a little bonus episode at a uh, london podcast festival which was really fun yes uh, I still got
0: the um, yeah. pictures somewhere I'll put that <laughs> out in publicity with this glorious episode. <laughs> and yeah I think that's what's exciting isn't it having the freedom to be able to produce your own stuff which I think is uh, very much come about now hasn't it what's your mm. world like at the moment what you're working on that uh, you you truly love
2: Yeah well um in terms of just off my own bats uh, for fun, I've been doing a Doctor Who discussion podcast with some buddies in the in the podcast sphere called The yeah. Empty Children and. Uh, it's yeah. It's just been an absolute hoot and an excuse to just talk about Doctor Who for <laughs> hours on end. Um, <laughs> I'm <need> not, <laughs> stress, but
0: yes, good idea. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's coming out via Snazzy Tapier because cool. um, yeah, it's just a nice to have an umbrella to release my own stuff under. Yes, uh, and. In terms of my, my actual day job, I'm getting paid to run tabletop right. games and be recorded and have them sound designed and so it's very cool for chapter and multiverse.
0: Yes, live in the dream, chapter so, and yeah. multiverse. It's just a few episodes in so far, isn't it? And with yeah. a glorious array of wonderful sounding people. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll endeavour to, to put links on to everything. And if you if you need a pick-me-up or something groovy to listen to, I think Chapter Multiverse is definitely a, a groovy place to start. And that's your baby, really, isn't it? You pioneer, yeah. produce, write, direct, do all sorts on that one.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I was approached to kind of come up with the spiritual successor to Rusty Quill Gaming, which has finished quite recently because mm. Rusty Quill's looking for a new actual play. And I came up with the concept of an actual play podcast which uses lots of different systems which is not new but the thing that is slightly more unique is that they all take place within the same multiverse Mm, Um, and so and also we've got the wonderful kareem Cromfley playing the eternal tavern keeper who uh acts as the kind of narrator or guide and just kind of collects stories from all these different places in the multiverse and tells them to his uh bar patrons
0: (laughs) Yeah, love it. I mean, to be honest, I would follow Kareem pretty much anywhere if you told me to do things with that voice, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. And I I guess, yeah, what fuels your love of this industry then? What is it that draws you again and again to creating within it?
2: I think um, the the creative freedom and autonomy you can get because... um, you both get the opportunity to collaborate with amazing people but it's not so many people that you're making something by committee you still mm. get to have your own creative voice in there oh, um yeah. and because like when I look at uh when I hear stories about tv production or film production it just t- it takes years to get anything off the ground yeah. and there's just so many people involved and so much money involved whereas yeah. with podcasting uh, like the equipment is great, and you, and having the kind of technology to make it sound professional is really fab. But if you're really desperate, um, and you have a way of kind of writing it so that it makes sense, you can just record something on an iPhone. Yes. Um, and yeah, it's not it's not not necessarily going to sound great. But if you say like, oh, it's a found footage horror, then boom, yeah. you're sorted. Yeah. yeah.
0: Brilliant. And I guess the key thing that I'd uh, really love to have your your wisdom on is is encouragement really if there's someone thinking this sounds like what i want to do what kind of encouragement have you got for folks wanting to tell tell their story and their style without this need for committee what do they need to do to get something up and out
2: Ooh yes um i think uh one good thing is just listening to loads of what's out there finding out what aspects yeah. of uh current audio dramas you like what you don't like what you want to steal <laughs> um what you want to want what you want to avoid uh and also um there are great uh, communities on like this on facebook there's the uk audio drama group that um is always willing to offer advice and i think yeah. just practicing um and jumping in even if you're not sure what you're doing because you learn by doing mm, so much. um yeah and because i definitely know that when I was doing Prick Quill, cool, there were so many things about editing that I had no idea about, and so if I if I go back and look at the project files, I'm sure I'd be like,
0: oh no, don't do that. <laughs> but but um, yeah, it's
2: but that's about
0: growth, isn't it? Yeah, yeah,
2: for sure, for sure. And um, just recently, I've learned so much from Kathy Ranella, who's the mastering editor at Rusty Quill, because uh, she's been oh. teaching me how to do mastering, wow. which is more the kind of polishing everything up and making it sure it's ready to go out onto podcast platforms and not gonna burn people's ears off so (laughs) i'm very grateful to have that that skill set in my in my toolkit now
0: see that's great isn't it and I think that's something I definitely need to get a handle on is that finesse to something and I'm not there I'm just very much still having a play with what I think my sound doors can do Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and I think yeah do you recommend any places that people can go to find that help do you think are there any other courses or things online you think people should have a delve into and have a look
2: I think it's uh, unfortunately I can't really think of anything because I was I was very lucky of kind of learning through my job. Sure. Um, Yes. And so and I think annoyingly with a lot of the digital audio workstations out there, the tutorials are very much geared towards like music production. Yes. So, but even if you can kind of work your way around that and get bits of information in there, um, like I've definitely gone through like reaper tutorial videos for tips sure, um, when i've been stuck on something so yeah i think it, it, it like stuff is out there but it just might be a little little more tricky to find than stuff for music production unfortunately
0: yeah so if you're someone who's working in audio fiction and has a particular amazing skill at working on a door why don't you set up some courses for folks like me want to add that finesse uh, <laughs> So yeah, I think the other thing that I'm intrigued with with every kind of creative is that whole work-life balance. And how has that changed since joining something like the amazing, sprawling empire of Rusty Quill?
2: (laughs) Well, uh, at the moment, my time is split between my directing hours and my editing hours. So um, Uh at the moment, because uh, the newer Rusty Quill shows aren't fully up and running yet, uh, my editing hours are a little on the lower side uh, but so i'm getting to put a lot of my energy and uh creativity into the directing stuff which is really nice but um but Super. i like both sides of it and um i also like being busy so i'm looking forward to kind of yeah. having both of them up at their full their full welly i suppose um Excellent. but yeah and i think um i have to be quite good about setting boundaries for myself and making sure that I'm not answering messages on teams at all hours because with Rusty Quill there are so many um, amazing colleagues who work in very different time zones to mine so yeah so I have to be good about okay someone has messaged me 11 at night I need to ignore that until 9am tomorrow for my own health and sanity
0: that's really important isn't it yeah because we are beautifully connecting across this world but the the temptation is often great yeah for
2: sure <laughs> so, um yeah and i think yeah. um also uh allowing myself not to be busy like all hours of the day as well um tr- oh. making trying to make sure that um i have like go out for walks and do my errands and things because I've been I've been yeah. indoctrinated by my school experience to think that you need to be working solidly from nine till five with no, no breaks in between and that's just not possible. And I've mm. never really had an mm. office job apart from some freelance journalism stuff when I would just graduated okay. from my undergrad. So I don't really have much to compare it to. So just kind of learning to be a bit kinder to myself and realizing that... Yeah. Um, being at a desk for eight solid hours a day is not actually how life works.
0: Yeah, we need <laughs> rewards, don't we? Nice things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. In between the fun, fun times. And, in, and how social is the crew that you work with? And as much as, you know, as a voice actor, a lot of my work is done right where I am right now, on my own, behind a mic, just talking into it rather than with other people. There are, of course, times where there's table reads and connections and recordings online, but is your work still very much isolated, remote work, or is there quite a good social aspect to it how do how do rusty quill nurture that social soul that you have.
2: Um, there is a, a social channel um, on our, our our Microsoft teams where like film clubs and stuff happen i haven't mm. I haven't delved into that personally, but I'm really glad that that's there and there's there's even like channels where people can post cute pictures of their pets and stuff yeah. so yeah. Um, and we had a really nice launch party for Chapter Multiverse where Helen Gould ran a pub quiz uh, <laughs> and that was very fun and I think my my team won, so I was very happy about that. <laughs> So of course. yeah, um, it is like it's definitely not the same as having an office where you can just go and chat to someone. But I think Rusty Cooler doing their best with the, with the resources that they have to make sure that people have the opportunity to be social.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and I think the important question as well is your own creative solace, because obviously these are projects, yes, chapter of multiverse is one of your own babies. So that's brilliant. But how about your other thoughts and ideas and yearnings for, for telling other stories? Do you have or make space for those kind of things? I think um, where
2: most of my creative energies go for kind of, outside of work it's running games for friends um, just yeah. running tabletop games for for pals who most of most of whom happen to be also be podcasters but that's, that's by so- the by <laughs> yes uh, yeah. and yeah it, just being able to create a story or be a player in a in a campaign that's not for anyone but the people around the table or on the video call is just really nice and special and just, yeah, it feels very indulgent and excellent.
0: <laughs> Huzzahs! I mean, I think the thing that wears around my head a lot is, is what is success? What does that mean in audio fiction? Would you feel or could you even label, are you successful in this particular medium? what do you think on that Mm,
2: I'm not sure Uh, because the tendency in a capitalist society is to make it all about money which I'm very wary of doing and I think (laughs) even though I don't want to I can find myself comparing myself to other people and being like oh no I don't actually earn that much money Um, but Mm. I think personally I feel pretty successful at the moment because um, this time last year I was living with my parents I (laughs) didn't yeah I was just kind of um trying my best to grab podcast work wherever i could um Mm. and now i've been given the opportunity to be a bit more stable and to be able to move down south and rent my own place so yeah i feel like um i feel very lucky to be able to to have be able to have done that
0: yes brilliant and that's the exciting thing isn't it about yeah progression of uh of own self and i think taking stock of what we've done sometimes is something we forget to do Mm, for sure (laughs) and i just i mean i feel success whenever i get a full ndaf episode out right now right Mm,
2: yeah
0: (laughs) um and i think as well just also to have the the sprawling uh, community that we have uh, come together to to celebrate some things and whenever there's a shout out or a sharing of, of my work I feel like someone's found it mm. someone's shared it someone likes it it's like those are the key things for me that uh, it's actually found an audience and that audience ag- acknowledged that it ex- exists <laughs> oh
2: yeah absolutely the, like from day 1 of chapter multiverse people were making fan art there were like one oh. or two just like there was just like one or two fan artists but their their work was incredible and just the fact that they were there from the get go was incredible yeah, uh, yeah. and Brilliant. yeah uh, and also i got a message on twitter um on of someone who had listened to the second episode of our corporate overgoats one shot saying that they would go back to that episode when they were feeling sad because it was just so (gasps) funny and i was just like oh that's amazing
0: that's just um so yeah cheering people up is hard so well done (laughs) (laughs) especially right now
2: (laughs) yeah and i think yeah just if even if one person their day was made slightly better by something i made is that's that's incredible i'm very very happy about that
0: You can't buy that on Amazon. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And yeah, another thing I've been pondering is just sort of the throwaway nature of everything. Like, how do you think, uh, this is a big question, are you ready? (laughs) (laughs) How do you think we can slow down the the throwaway nature of audio fiction shows? And as much as folks often listen once, although the example we've just given is brilliant, uh, and then uh, there's... This mad hype beforehand that you do on your show and then the week it comes out, you're kind of crazy on it and then it kind of disappears. And I don't know, I just think things should be celebrated more and for longer. I don't know, what What do you think on that?
2: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Uh, I'm not sure if I have any, any big answers for that, but um, it does definitely make me kind of reconsider how I um how I kind of deal with the prickle papers because I'm I'm very proud of it but also um I realise that it's not as as technically proficient as my more recent work so I probably need Mm. to be kinder to myself and be more willing to shout about it still even though it's been a few years since it's since it first came out um and there are definitely shows that I really love from the kind of um american golden age of of, of audio fiction like ours uh-huh. paradoxica and wolf yes. 359 uh yes. and stuff like that and um, the bright sessions all those kind of things so and i think with those kind of shows i'm always keen to like if i'm if i'm needing something cozy that i've listened to before that i know mm. is good i can always dip back into those um, yeah. so yeah i think yeah there's definitely replayability for audio drama podcasts that hasn't necessarily been explored in the in the community yeah. yet
0: but I think we, we need a core hub of people going okay the nostalgia group let's get going <laughs> <laughs> and just to, to yeah big up because I yes I miss Hadron hey Gospel Hour and uh all of the Far Meridian style shows from uh not Windrush what's the name of the company um, whisper forge yeah, yeah. and yeah i think there's a lot that came out of there although i understand of course that the amazing misha has gone on to do so many more groovy things too so that's possibly why but um as has a lot of the team actually but yeah i think um that's something that i don't know if you've got any answers let us know ping us on uh on the twitters and uh let us know your thoughts on what we can do to help longevity of shows being hyped even more um part of me feels it's also because we're still of the navel-gazing nature where we're promoting mostly to ourselves as creatives and and makers um still Mm. primarily I do feel rather than yeah nurturing uh listenerships and and groups of, of folks who uh yeah who love the stories that are told in whatever medium they're told but yeah that's another that's another 20 series episodes of things there isn't it (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah let's let's get to the crux of where where one of your many talents lies is being a gm what do you think makes a good one i mean how do you train to be one can anyone do it what's what's the lowdown on 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 that And, and what is it their essence is about. Mm, I think
2: um, absolutely anyone can be a game master. Uh, I think the the key is having a gaming group that you trust, that are really good friends, that you can try out things with, and um, get that instant feedback of when you do a particularly good district, a particularly good description of something, and mm. they all gasp and like just having that instant feedback is really helpful so uh and i think it's a weird mixture of both planning and being in the moment and improvising so Mm -hmm. having being able to have a plan and meticulously kind of get all these details down and make a world feel real but then be able to throw it away in an instant if a player does something extra interesting that you want to follow instead or if there's like a world building detail that suddenly doesn't fit in with what the players are doing, you can just be like, okay, I can just rewrite that in my head quickly uh, and <laughs> keep going on with it. And yeah, um, also if you want, to, like, you don't necessarily have to do like different voices for all the different non-player characters, but it is right. fun. <laughs> it's very fun. <laughs> and so, like, if you want to bring a bit of your voice actoriness uh, into it, you can and. Just uh, do a little Cockney urchin child and do a I love it. big it. Just do the Northern rest of the po-
0: podcast as, as Cockney urchins. <laughs> no, we all love a duck, mate. Right? No, I love that. I love that. And uh, yeah, I, I think there's a lot you're juggling, isn't there, at that point? How do you sort of compartmentalise all those many hats of writer, director, improviser, VA, and of course, all round producer? where you want the, the show to be buoyant and exciting to listen to.
2: Yeah, I think um, you do have to concentrate on the people at the table, even though, uh, like, you do have to have in the background, this is going to be broadcast, this is going to be listened to by more than just the players at the table. I think making yes. sure that the people at the table or on the video call uh, are having a good time, that's the best indicator of whether listeners will have a good time. Yeah. Um and yeah i think the the only thing that differs from a home game is that maybe if you stumble over a line you might want to retake it or if something isn't very clear with how we've done the rules then we might just say hang on a minute this is this is the exact rules we're using and then move on but apart from that the the role play is very much the same and yeah the the ways that the characters respond to different threats or obstacles is very is, is the same as how, how you would play at
0: home. Love it. Yes, superb. And I think uh, anyone wanting to do things like that, how would how they practice? Rather <laughs> <laughs> than coming straight to the table with doing it like cold, is there any things that they could do to, to get more au fait with it? Or mm,
2: I think also um, consuming lots of different actual plays to see what different Game Master's styles are because um, yeah. for example, Matt Mercer of critical role has a very kind of um, descriptive style um, mm. and very much concentrates on making things seem realistic and um, going over like the details of journeys whereas Brennan Lee Mulligan is much more cinematic in the way that he, um, uh, runs games that's uh, mm-hmm. the dimension 20 game master brennan lee mulligan um and is much more willing to kind of like we'll cut to this we'll cut to that and um is much more kind of fast paced and goofy in the way that he his humor kind of comes through in the in the story yes. so um i've definitely kind of with, when i've listened to different actual plays um been very interested to hear how different game masters do it and realize that um, i can bring in elements of
0: that into my own game amazing well i think it's about time we heard a bit of chapter multiverse actually Um. um thank you for providing a few groovy clips for people to to think about why this audio medium is so amazing <laughs> uh, so yeah we've got I think first we'll go for the chapter multiverse clip to showcase your glorious uh, GMing. <laughs> <laughs> Um so yeah do you want to talk about why you've chosen this piece and what do you think it uh, showcases that is amazing use of the medium
2: you get to see me kind of going into a role of an NPC who is Amal, who is uh, one of the player characters, Adib's sister, but you also get the instant feedback of the other players kind of laughing and enjoying um, what Ahmed the performer and I are doing in the scene and providing their own little commentaries on it. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a lovely mixture of a story being told, but also people reacting to the story. Um, and also Tess of Room did an amazing job with the sound design, uh, in this episode. So you get, you get the sense of, um, the non-player character Amal coming into the room and all that kind of stuff so yeah this wasn't a very sound design heavy scene but there's just a little bit of that in there just to give you a sense of um how you can enhance it by just adding a very small detail like making a voice sound muffled and then a door opening um like that can really just provide that little extra bit of immersion that uh that you wouldn't necessarily have if you just just had no sound design at all
0: fantastic so let's give a listen to episode one of chapter a multiverse
2: so yeah so at this point you hear a knock at your bedroom door and uh you hear your sister amel outside going can i can i come in oh yeah yeah yeah! come on in all right um i, I
3: spin around my chair just to face her
2: she says right it's getting harder and harder to keep our parents from watching the news when you're on it, so
3: I- I've been very careful.
2: <laughs> yeah. Mm. <Lying. laughs> they they got a really good shot of like of most of your face. I-, <laughs> I-,
3: I pull out like the small mask like the ones uh, uh Robin wears. The like, domino mask. A- domino yeah. mask, yeah. I- I'm wearing this like i n- I'm sure nobody would know it's me.
2: I'm, I'm not so sure, but I appreciate your optimism.
3: Uh, the, the domino mask, the mask that covers literally everything except for all of your identifiable features. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah <laughs> oh, such lovely camaraderie a great feel amongst the team there as well to to serve the story and uh yeah what uh, elements would you say for for yourself are are the most key to telling stories like this beautifully i think um something
2: that i was really keen on was working with the players to really get a feel of their characters before we started um so i had a one-on-one meeting yeah. with each of them to kind of build up their characters and make sure that they fitted in the world Uh, and yeah it was really interesting to see the different approaches that the different players had like um, Laurie and Pip's characters were much more on the kind of dark edgy side whereas Ahmed and Lydia's characters brought a bit of a lighter touch Uh, and so yeah there was just such a variety of tones and themes that uh, they were all exploring which was really lovely. Yeah,
0: I love that. And I think that whole prep with the actor as well, obviously you get that with other audio fiction styles too. But but here, were there any specific resources also that you utilize to help those folks build up their characters and, and discover who they were, how they'd react, what they're like?
2: Mm, yeah well um of course we were using the game system masks a new generation by Brendan conway so we Mm -hmm. have the the character building mechanics with that that were really helpful um but also i made sure to kind of ask about what their family was like what Different relationships they had, so that I would have inbuilt non-player characters to add into the story who would have pre-established relationships with the characters.
0: Fantastic, and yeah, I'd like to now, if we can, kind of back to the Prickwello Papers kind of adventures. The, the the nub of your own first, I guess, was it your yeah. first own storytelling out into the world? um So yeah, this is a, a little clip from episode six. So why have you chosen this for some? Audio showcase, experts. Well, um,
2: at the very end of this clip, there was just a line read by David Pello, who's playing the ghost, that I just that still that still delights me to this day because I I I wrote it with I think I wrote it with him in mind. It's a very long time ago, so it's very hard for me to remember, but I'm pretty sure I wrote it with him in mind, and he just gave it that exact kind of sweet sort of guileless line read that I wanted and yeah it it just absolutely worked
0: sweet little mystery of mr pillow uh (laughs) wet wet, wet fans everywhere is he related i don't know Uh, know. (laughs) so here we have prick willow episode six
2: Squirm and i were startled by a strange shimmering figure which suddenly popped up beside us we could see through his translucent body which had clearly suffered a terrible wound at some point he was wearing a cheery expression and heavy-duty workers' clothes, which had been stained, ripped, and
3: torn. You're not meant to be here, are you?
2: What the fuck are you? Sorry about her, we're just a bit shocked, that's all. I'm Silda, and that's Squirm.
3: I suppose it's only fair that you got a little frightened. Being a spectral entity does mean that it's hard for people to hear you coming.
2: So you're a ghost?
3: Yes, I suppose I am. What's your name? Ah, I'm afraid I don't remember that. I've been down here for a rather long time. Not many people to chat to. And whenever anyone comes down to store a new artefact, they're not particularly inclined to stop for an natter. Nor are the people who want to steal the artefacts. They're usually too busy being ripped apart.
2: That must be lonely, not having anyone to talk to.
3: Yes, it is a bit. But you two are here now. That's what matters.
2: Why are
1: you here? Couldn't you just float off somewhere else?
3: Ah, well, it seems that I'm tied to the place of my death. And if I try to leave the tunnels... It's like I come up against a mystical brick wall of sorts. You
2: died here.
3: Oh, yes. That big cat thing got me. See this horrific chest wound? That was its doing.
2: Oh, I'm sorry.
3: Don't be. It was my own damned fault. I was one of the wranglers who brought it down here when the tunnel was only just completed. I got a bit too friendly with the creature and it responded by ripping my chest open. Oh. Wow. Wow is right.
1: So all you do is float around these tunnels looking for people to... To have a chat with.
3: Well, I'm also a kind of security guard too. Self-appointed, if I'm being honest. Nothing official, but I like to think I'm being helpful. I think you're a great security guard. Oh, thank you. What a lovely thing to say.
0: Uh, Absolutely (laughs) the most... Glorious in peril, <laughs> hurt, injured, maimed and killed ghost, I think, ever in audio fiction there from the lonely <laughs> But yeah, and I, I think the simplicity <laughs> of those interactions, the conciseness of them is something that I need to get better at as a writer. And I, I just wonder in your writing process, how you edited yourself down to be beautifully concise as you are. Any tips?
2: <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. I think I just naturally um, am pretty brief when I when I come to <laughs> writing and speaking and doing most things. Because uh, <laughs> oh, you mean I can't learn it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I hope like I'm sure you can. But just <laughs> from from my perspective, I always come out um, kind of low on the word count. Just for whatever reason, I think I naturally just kind of try and get to the get to the point. But I think. Also, I, yeah, I kind of there's I have a bad habit of editing as I go, which is something that I need to not do as much, um, mm. because if I'm editing as I go, I'm not actually writing. So um, if there was something <laughs> that I learned during my MA, which I'm still kind of uh, trying to keep in mind, is that you really need to just have a creative splurge first off where you're not judging yourself and you're not self-censoring and then you can go back and edit afterwards so
0: I love that I've just had an idea for an audio fiction right which is the voice of the the writer the editor hat the producer hat (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean and you have all these different voices but it's actually the same person someone should write that if I wrote it it would be far too long (laughs) But yeah, no, I love that and and thank you for sharing that because I think the whole tips of of being able to make sure that you have uh, the... The bare brains of the story fleshed out to just the right amount, and so you keep your listeners listening. is is, is something I'm battling with, I've got to say. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, superb. So look for Prick Willow Papers for some excellence in audio editing, writing, and characterization. It's a glorious show, and I know you said that you feel that there are elements to it that you know because it's one of your first projects uh, need some work. But I th- still think it stands as a as a great piece of storytelling on the landscape, no matter what. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so we are on to your quick fire quiz Maddie Ooh. are you ready to answer five questions in 30 seconds or less? I'll do my best <laughs> Super okay are you ready dramatic music go what should a games master not do uh sh- they
2: should not say no to their players right off the bat even if they say something ridiculous like you you can punish them for it, but let them do it. <laughs>
0: Love that. Uh, If you're stuck for writing ideas, what should you do?
2: You can go online and find a random generator to just put some ridiculous concepts in the same place uh, and see if that sparks something. Oh,
0: I like that. Okay, immersive sound design designing. How do you serve the story while making something sound glorious?
2: Uh, I think mood and tone is very important. Uh, Just having a good background is very helpful, even if it's just like a weird, whispery, windy noise in the background. It's very helpful. Yeah, people can underestimate the power of a nice soundscape in the background. Glorious.
0: And what are your top tips for the narrator to print a picture hourly, concisely, vividly? I think... Try
2: not to include in your narration stuff that is already explained by either the characters or the sound design. Just uh, keep to the stuff that you could only that you could only see visually. You can't hear.
0: Mm, love that. And finally, what is the best Foley effect that was made by something you wouldn't expect that made it? Oh,
2: uh, I had to drop a rolling pin uh, on the ground to simulate a bust falling off a statue. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we don't want to lose our bust, do we? Let's face it. Fantastic. Yeah. You have passed the quiz of five questions. Quick fire. Hurrah. Mm-hmm. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's brilliant. And I, I think the other thing I ponder a lot is is regards to the audio fiction space right now. Because we're both in it in various different ways. And what do you think is working well in this beautiful space we're allowed to play in and frolic in? And are there any people you think that are, are leading the way? Uh, folks should follow and listen to, sharing some, some good practice, should be feel inspired by.
2: Um, well, I know that uh, the wonderful David Derow is doing streams about composing and sound yes. design over on the Tinkan Audio Twitch channel. Indeed. So if you want to pick up some tips, um, please do go and check that out Because they are very, very talented Yes, um, they're actually a uh,
0: future guest On this amazing new season Very, very soon Fantastic,
2: yes, yes. Um, And of course, I'm sure this will come up in their episode But uh, they compose music for Doctor Who Redacted For the BBC, which is incredible <laughs> like And an amazing show <laughs> That you should check out Because Ella Watts, previously mentioned Is the producer who did an incredible job um, And also features Kareem Crumfley and Pip glass who appeared in that uh, clip from chapter multiverse earlier so yeah and i think there's also a little easter egg from the magnus archives with johnny sims saying the word <laughs> files in a very <laughs> spooky way
0: there we go it's all you need in life there isn't it <laughs>
2: yeah for sure
0: and uh and yeah what's working well do you think for this community right now what are we doing brilliantly i think
2: representation is is really great in this community currently there's a lot of Mm. um queer trans uh creatives who are getting to get their voices out there and i think there's always more work that needs to be done and we need to be able to open up the community to more people of colour yes. uh, yes, so yes. Th- our work is not done but i think Indeed. we are what we're trying to do and, how, and the work that we're currently doing is a nice first step
0: yeah no i agree and it is so exciting to see folks share their own stories original stories and yes that's amazing <laughs> um i'll see you all at pride in july Now, i think the key thing about uh the moving forward and momentum of everything is is yes it's massively sprawling and you've mentioned some of the things that we can do better but what else do you think we need to do better to help nurture these groovy stories and creatives themselves as individuals?
2: Yeah I think trying to expand our audience um, as you were saying earlier beyond just the kind of established audio fiction crew and trying to make uh, a larger proportion of the population realise that audio fiction is a really great way to tell stories. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really a really good thing to to be working on.
0: I agree. Why aren't the national newspapers doing an indie AF column every day? Or <laughs> why aren't uh, podcast magazines and uh, review shows out there? To celebrate the amazing things that people are doing, I mean, me and Maddie can't do everything, can we, Maddie? <laughs> so we are trying. <laughs> so come on, folks, get up off your whatsits and and make some stuff happen to celebrate all the brilliant stories and creatives making their their shows out there. And uh, yeah, hopefully more people and more people will keep finding these delicious things. Brilliant. So, who in the landscape do you feel our folks, other than maybe some we've mentioned already, that are worth following and to be inspired by, are there any shows folks should, sh- for sure, jump on and and listen to just for technique or story? excellence what what should people look at to to hopefully improve their own good practice ooh
2: um, I'm a big fan of at the moment uh, mockery Manor from lock cap media I yeah. uh, just think the yep. the sound design is amazing the music is amazing and the the performances are great and it's a very kind of silly um, high high intensity melodramatic uh comedy drama about the machinations of theme parks yes
0: <gasps> they are glorious individuals they're actually also on season two of indie af <laughs> <laughs> fantastic <laughs> and, and <yeah. laughs> wonderful so just to finish maddie what shows do you think or people do you think uh, will inspire others who have inspired you and uh, yeah, what can you share? Oh yes Uh,
2: I would definitely recommend checking out whatever Jeffrey Nils Gardner is involved in because they are Mm. fantastic Um, I got to work with them on Stellar Firma for a while and they really helped me improve my my sound design chops so uh, check out Unwell um, award winning audio fiction show Um, and yeah just keep an eye on what they're doing because yeah anything they're involved in is great.
0: Amazing and I would say the same of you Maddy, what else could we find you working on in the next short while other than the things you've mentioned already have you got any other your own individual projects in the pipeline for the next year or two?
2: Well I have been a regular on Realms of Peril and Glory which is Zachary Fortiscom and James Barbarossa's amazing actual play show Um, I um, can be heard as Isadora Ravenwood the necromancer in their first season which is Vale, a 13th age campaign, but uh, coming up later this year sometime I believe, I'm not sure exactly when, but I also ran a game of Agon which is a game set in the kind of mythical ancient Greece mm. with Ella Watts, Hedley Knights and James Barbarossa as players and that was a lot of fun so yeah, keep an eye out for that that should be coming at some point this year Amazing. and there's also um, spooky sword lesbians coming up soon, <laughs> that I got to play in um, a uh, version of thirsty sword <laughs> lesbians run by Ella Watts uh, so um, the title
0: yeah, just hooks you in, right? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> My goodness, what a lot is on your plate. But thank you so much for sharing some of your thoughts and inspirations today. I really am uh, very excited that you are actually quite an important person, I feel, on this developing landscape. And wish you hearty successes from all the Indie AF listeners, too, to, to keep telling those brilliant stories, Maddie. So thank you very much for coming on Indie AF. Keep been amazing!
2: (laughs) Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Hooray!
2: Evening. My new thriller starts off as a holiday abroad
3: and ends up a nightmare. How do you think I got a discount for all this traveling? Murder is no way to stop a vacation. <laughs> I'm
1: not going to make it. Well, I understand. You're obviously a busy man. Dr. McKenna, he's in Kathleen. You tell the police even one word of what you do, even now, to to you in the marketplace.
0: Your little boy will be in serious
3: danger. Jack West and the Profound Idiots present A Man Who Knowed Too Much, a wacky send of a classic film where the cue for murder is a single crash of the symbols. <laughs> the Man Who Knowed Too Much. Frankly, that's why I avoid concerts these days. Not to mention the concession prices.